Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. First week of 2022 and the Premier League title race is already over. Just because you said it in a different language doesn't mean your manager won't hear it. How many deputy prime ministers can you name? This is the Weekend Recap. Happy New Year, everybody. There's nothing like getting ready for the final stretch of what has been a great season by knowing that the Premier League title race is already over. How you doing, everyone? I'm Brendan Dunlop. Back on this weekend recap show with my partner in crime, Craig Forrest. Stacks, how are you, buddy? Great, except for the, except for the title race is over. Yeah, that part that part sucks. Uh, well, our guest will complain a lot about that as he did in the last show. Our first guest of 2022, James Sharman. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, boys. I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Uh, what what point will I lose the guest tag? Yeah, I was going to say that perhaps <laughs> now that we're in a new year, I should retire that joke. It's old. No, I think it's, I, I don't mind it. If you want to refer to me as a guest forever, I don't care. I'm just wondering, that's all, because I'm going to try and make every show. Can't guarantee it. <laughs> a repeating guest. I'll take the trying. There are other people in our family that have used the word try and say, I'll try and make every show and don't. And you actually have. So you're right. You know, I can, I think we'll, uh, we'll retire or relegate the guest term. You are the Sunday panel. Maybe just, just use the guest term on a certain tall, bald guy from London that occasionally shows up for podcasts. I thought Wang was from Ottawa. I didn't think he's from London. <laughs> he's not bald yet. The other one. Oh, bald, you said. Bald. Lord Lucan. <laughs> I didn't hear your descriptive adjective. Um, but there'll be a lot of descriptive words along the lines of ruined, over, finished, boring, done and dusted to describe the Premier League title race after the Sunday's headliner. Saw Chelsea and Liverpool split the points, much like we all feared. Uh, but 2-2. Two, two, was the result in the end, all first half goals. What was your takeaway, boys, from not seeing Lukaku in the squad at all to seeing Liverpool run away with it, uh, looked like at the beginning of the first half, and then Chelsea battled back? It, it was an entertaining 90 minutes of football. It just didn't uh, give us the dramatic result we would have wanted at the end by seemingly cementing City has Premier League title favorites on the second day of the year. Yeah, the the, the game was excellent. It really was. Uh Right out of the gates, though, I don't agree that that was not a red card against Mane. Mm. I don't care what time of game it is. Uh, I definitely think it came into play. You know, Hoddle was saying and uh, Owen were saying they didn't think it was, but I don't care if he's looking at him or not. He knows exactly where he is. I think his reputation helped, but that's a red card. He's leading with his elbow. He's like, anyway, that's, that's my opinion. But you know what, Craig? It brings up a good point in that you know our, our yellow and red cards, not yellow and red cards, early in the game. You know, is it if that happened in the second half, is it a red card? And if so, is that right? I mean, I, I'm kind of with you in that. I mean, that incident aside, if a foul's a foul in the fifth minute, it should be a foul in the first minute, the thirtieth minute, the forty-fifth minute, the ninetieth. I don't care. A foul's a foul. You know, just like a foul in the area, if it's a foul outside the area, it should be a penalty in the area. There shouldn't be any gray area, you know, with these things. So, well, you gave, you gave a foul and you gave a yellow card, but VAR looked at it and thought that that was, you know, I guess it's clear and obvious. You know, it's not clear and obvious. He gave a yellow card, so that's why. Yeah, that's a good point because referees thought a yellow card and and they couldn't say, well, that's a mistake. He saw it as foul. Mm-hmm. Possibly mm-hmm. gave nothing. 
that he could have come back and said, here's a red card. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to me, I mean, he definitely led with the elbow. Uh, you've seen them given as the old cliche is, right? But at the same time, I don't think he was malicious. I think that he was up for the first few minutes of the game, trying to set a tone for his team, you know, and uh, he was fortunate. You know, and then you could say the Mason Mount kickout was somewhat fortunate as well. Later on in the first half, you know, I think that would have been very harsh personally to give a red card, but you'd seen them given as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were balanced out in the end. How many defenders or star players, star forwards regardless, though, um, jump the exact same way that Mane did and just don't connect like that? You know, if Aspilicueta jumps a millisecond after, he's getting that at the top of the head or, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look as egregious. But the fact that he made the perfect contact makes it look like, oh, it should be a straight red. Like you, Sharms, I think the fact that uh, the reaction was uh, yellow, it, it seemed it seemed fair in the moment. Tuchel went red, didn't he? I honestly think that Mane was actually protecting himself. Like, he wasn't trying to hurt Aspilicueta, but I think he was trying to protect himself, mm-hmm. you know, more than anything. But, yeah, uh, from a spectacle standpoint, it was great they stayed on because those are two great footballing teams that played, you know, brilliant football and the keepers at both ends. Played really well too. It could have been a, a lot higher scoreline. Yeah, it, it gave the game a real edge, didn't it? From the uh, the early part of the match, and it had that edginess to it throughout the entire ninety minutes. Just a great, great football match, including in particular the first half, obviously for all the goals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I found it a little bit amusing that you know they 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 benched Lukaku for his his interview he was he, he gave, and the whole idea there, I guess, was to weigh that story, and it's not bigger than it is. That's what Tuchel said, but I don't think, and until he returns, it will be the big story around Chelsea, and is that team in disharmony? But at the same time, I, I really understand why Tuchel did it. I don't think he had much choice. He couldn't really welcome the guy back after those comments, although they weren't that bad. I think, I think we've got to get a bit of a breath here, and that they were foolish comments. I don't know why he said them. They weren't great, but it wasn't as if he was bashing his team and bashing Tuchel. You're saying, I love Inter Milan. And I want to play there again in my prime. I get all that, you know, stupid. I don't know what it's stupid, 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 stupid. At the same time, I think we must all take a bit of a breath and say it wasn't that egregious. Definitely warrants a match away from the team. Definitely warrants an apology to the manager and, and to his teammates. But beyond that, I, I don't think this would go. This should be taken too seriously, although, although we will. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I don't think that it is that serious. And I think the way is Tuchel's interview after the game is, is clearly that, that it's like, this is what I'm doing. You know, we're going to put it behind us. We're going to deal with it behind uh, closed doors and uh, move on. But it's not like the team's not playing. I mean, the team played really well. Chelsea really mm-hmm. did. So uh, the effort was there, the desire. They pushed and pushed to try to get the winner. You could see Tuchel was really wanting to, and to try to get the winner because he knows the the difference between where City are and and how they uh, keep nicking wins. And he knows that I think that Lukaku would be the talking point if they didn't nick the winner, right? Havertz, who replaced Lukaku up top, wasn't very good though. And I think if you put Lukaku in that game today, they they likely win that match. I think so. So I hope he feels like shit. I hope he feels bad. I hope he really is looking himself in the mirror and give himself a good old shake, saying Romelu, you know, man, will you? Jeez, I could have been starring that match. That game was just set up for me to be the, the hero. And here I am at home watching it because I'm banned. I mean, like, Jesus, <laughs> not a good look. Well, I wonder what Tuchel thought his 11 was going to look like when he went to bed last night compared to when he woke up this morning compared to when they showed up at the ground. Because with testing, uh, they released the starting 11s much later than usual. And Liverpool were forced to drop, I think it was three players from the team uh, about two hours before including Allison, who didn't start. I mean, did you know who that Irish goalkeeper was? I'd never heard of him. I thought he was Latvian. Yeah, I've heard of him. No, I've seen, I've seen him play. I've seen him play a couple of times in cup games, and he's looked really good. Really good. He's like the, uh, the, the strawberry, strawberry blonde Allison, isn't he? You know, he looks mm. kind of similar, just as much lighter, fairer. I thought he played really well. I thought he made some big saves. Yeah, he's obviously played a lot of football, yeah. And behind the scenes, and he's kept himself in great shape and ready to go. And he came in late notice like that to play like uh, he did was, uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Both of them were pretty good. Yeah, that, that one poke check early in the game against um, 
Oh, who was it? Pulisic. Pulisic, yeah. Someone that Craig doesn't rate at all. But that was, a, that was a, from a goalkeeping standpoint. <laughs> from a goalkeeping standpoint, though, Craig, that, that stood out to me. That builds a guy's confidence, right? From a goalkeeper who doesn't play too many big games. It, mu- it must mean a lot to a player to make that early early save or whatever you want to call it just to mm. get yourself into that match, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wondered how they would line up with that 3-4-2-1 that Tuchel threw out there. I wondered if um, Pulisic would be more in the in the number nine role. Uh, it was a couple times he'd made runs through the top there. And he's been criticized a lot, but does he shut any doubters up with that match tying goal? It was a tidy finish. It was a big goal. So it's Craig. Craig, does he? Does he shut you up? No, it's an easy finish. <laughs> I did, cake, right? It's an easy it's finish. I, it, I, I think the keeper's like, I, I got no shot here because when he's chested it forward and it's dipping, he's hitting it on the volley. Not going to hit it over the bar. See, that's a footballer coming to you with that opinion because I was, I would say, as someone like the run was good. Yeah, as someone that can't finish anything, I say, wow, what a finish! But for someone that's played the game, it's, it's an easy finish. There is no easy finish for most laymen, right? Okay, <laughs> just so you know, maybe for professional footballers, there are easy finish. But if that's on the ground. If that's actually on the deck, it's a harder finish. Mm-hmm. What is it about him? But the fact that he's chested it and he, he's waiting. And like they were talking about after the game, if a, if a defender at least come across and forced him to hit it a little bit hurt, higher because he would have to hit it earlier, but because he could just wait for it and it's got the spin on it that's always going to keep it under the bar or should. So so what, what must Pulisic do, Craig, to make you a believer aside from not being American anymore? That's it. Well, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I just has he really? I mean, he's been playing a lot of different positions. I'll give him that. And what is his best position? Wide, wide winger is his best position. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's good to hear this because I mean, he is kind of considered the golden boy of American football right now, right? And and how dare anyone say anything about the great Pulisic? But he's been inconsistent at the very least. Mm-hmm. I think in his best, he's looked really good at times. But you got to put together game in and game out. And that's what I want to see from him. I'm not dismissing him quite, quite as quickly as Craig is, but um, <laughs> cer- certainly he's he's not proven himself just as being a, a top, top player, put it that way, which is fine. He's young. He's, he's got time. Well, that's it. I think, he's a, I, I think he's a Premier League player, but is he a Chelsea player? Is he a top four player? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. He scored some big goals. I think that's what frustrates you too, is that he scores in these clutch moments. In the Champions League, he did for Chelsea on their run to winning the Champions League. He's done it in the in the Premier League, but he, he agreed he hasn't been consistent and he hasn't seemed to show that, that well, consistent flair that he showed for Dortmund that made him such a, a wonder kid. We, we, we keep talking about German, these, this great Bundesliga, you know, producing these great players and how they come into other leagues and dominating. Well, you know, Okay, Pulisic is, st- is still to prove himself. Timo Werner has been, let's be honest, a disaster. Um, Jaden Sancho at United is taking time to find his feet as well. I think he's playing a bit better now, of course. But th- th- this great Dortmund machine, which, listen, all kidding aside, it's great. You know, they-, they do some wonderful things. But it's not like these are always ready-made players coming to England and dominating. Yeah. There aren't. It doesn't always happen, right? And these are, these are big-name players who we thought were just ease themselves into the top of English football and dominate as we saw them do at Dortmund or in the Bundesliga. Well, it doesn't always happen, does it? And you know what? Actually, it took you mentioning that now for me to realize that that is a trend, isn't it? Because you look, go back to when Klopp was there and they first, Dortmund came on the scene winning the titles, Shinji Kagawa. And who was the, the German, was he Turk? It was it was Turkish, and he went to Real Madrid. Marco Royce? No, no, he went to Real Madrid, and he played at Liverpool. Oh my God, I know exactly. He, he, what was, you mean. A, he was a he was a young guy. There's there's an S in there. There's an umlaut somewhere. Jesus Christ, who the hell was it? Not Emre, not Emre Chan. It's not Emre Chan. No, he's he would be the exception. I would say who did quite well in England. Did did pretty well. Not not great though. Did pretty well. Who the hell was it? Oh my God, this is doing my head in now. Hey, stats Forest. I missed that. Sorry, I had to uh, jump off for a quick second. <laughs> <laughs> who was the guy that came from Dortmund? Was it Dortmund? It was Dortmund. I got right? it. I got it. I got it. I know who it is. I got the answer to the quiz question. You ready? You're going to lose it. It's Nuri Sahin. Ah, Sahin. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. Oh, all this knowledge. Yeah. It's amazing I don't have a job, guys. It is. It is. It is. You, <laughs> intelligence, intelligence means nothing in the broadcast industry. <laughs> uh, wild. So, yeah, what did you think of uh, a clopless touchline? There was a lot of ISOs there on the touchline. You know what? If you put if you put a baseball hat and glasses, or not glasses now, but on on uh, on pet Linders, it's Klopp. His exact same goal celebrations as, as Klopp. He'd been watching the boss, obviously, right? The same kind of up tempo, you know, on the sidelines, screaming at his players as Klopp. It was great. Yeah, interview similar. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> Very similar interviews. He didn't have the big Liverpool. Uh, he, di- he didn't have the uh, the liver bird though on the jacket. So at the f- the first shot, it was like I had to check my glasses because I, I, it seemed like I was looking at Frank Lampard and Thomas Tuchel put together. <laughs> I somewhat, yeah, that's not bad actually. Those vibes, like, like the love child of of Lampard and Tuchel. But he's like six foot four, isn't he? Like Craig's height. <laughs> he looks like dark, like the Green Reaper, doesn't he? Yeah, too cool. He's a little bit scary, isn't he? A little bit scary. Yeah. yeah. Is there a sympathy from Thomas Tuchel that Lukaku was speaking you know, in Italian to an Italian journalist who was obviously looking to cover that angle and you know bring out all the nostalgia and the sweet moments, and Lukaku yeah. just you know let it go a little too far. Charms made a great point when it came out that, uh, or at least still reported. I, I've never seen it confirmed that this interview was actually recorded three weeks ago when he was injured, when he's super down on himself and, you know, players hate the world when they're, they're injured and, and out of it. So I think that there should be some context to that, but do you think that there's any sympathy in that conversation from Tuchel and understanding of that situation? I think that Lukaku let his guard down, Mm. you know, he's speaking in Italian, he's speaking to, you know, somebody in another country and he probably is not really thinking that it's going to get back. But how naive is that, though? In this day and age, you're, you're talking I to know. a reporter. You have to assume, don't you? I know. I saw someone note that this was said and and conducted mainly towards the Inter Milan fans because he felt bad about leaving Inter. He loved it there, obviously, and because mm-hmm. they had no money, they had to sell him, and he felt generally very bad about that and a real connection with those fans. So mm-hmm. this was kind of directed towards them, which is nice. I mean, apparently, he's a really lovely guy, Lukaku, right? Which I, I believe that, but at the same time, you just can't be that naive. Not in not in modern day sports, modern day football. I mean, come on, it's, you're always going to be taken out of context. Sure. And this is why we complain and whine when we get these these one word answers, these robotic replies and interviews. Because when you do say something or with, with you know any kind of genuine authenticity, you're hammered for it. Yeah, that's been my whole career working with you. Just you know, showing my feelings <laughs> and being open and honest, and I just get destroyed. And it's crushing you. Yeah, bring the fist down. How- Speaking of out of context, do you ever watch players or coaches interviewed and you think, hmm, someone's going to clip that and use it in some clever way? Um, Pep Guardiola was interviewed after after the win. The reporter was, you know, suggesting many people would say that the the title race is over. And what do you say to those people? And he looks straight down the barrel of the camera and says, "Give us the trophy. We're going to the Maldives. Let yeah, us go. That's a great answer. Let's go then." And there was there was no if you just heard it. It would sound like, oh, my God. Just that. Yep. Listen to how uh, pompous he is. He's drinking Jose juice. But then but then the next line is, no, 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 no. It's, it's never the over this. So he, 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 he said, it's funny. He was making a joke, but you're absolutely right. Some arsehole could clip that and make him look really arrogant. Yeah, me, basically. You. In, in this, I, I in this case, that. you. I would yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. By the way, we should mention the goal by Kovacic today. Oof beauty Ooh. holy crap what a goal that reminded me a bit of the canio scissor kick i know it's straighter and a little bit further out and it's nothing's quite like the canio scissor kick but he almost did it didn't he almost had it it wasn't quite as as defined as paolo canios but wow what a great goal that was special one even Cesc fabregas tweeted he just tweeted kova after that happened there was a lot of twitter love for a special goal like that better than tweeting covid better than tweeting covid yeah yeah, people are just spreading COVID, not tweeting about it anymore. I think it depends what holes you get sucked down on Twitter. Oh, you can always find them somewhere. Yeah. Have you clicked on any of the ones about our prime minister? I clicked on what that trending hashtag Saturday night. My God, you see, you see a lot of different things when you go clicking around on Twitter, eh, Gregor? Oh man, who's crazy to be on Twitter? Is it is it politicians or sportsmen? Like, if you're a politician Ooh. or if you're an athlete, politician, probably. Yeah, you're gonna be hammered even more, aren't you? People stay, you. people stay or they stay away from you. Like they just push it aside. They might read it. 
follow it, but they might not comment or like it. Or I was in Edmonton when when um, Justin Trudeau came to that that facility and delayed your media session, right? Your availability. He did a delay. Yeah, long story. But anyway, so I was just amazed. You know, this is a prime minister of Canada, right? And any putz could have walked in there. I was like ten feet from him. No one checked my idea. No one checked, you know, who I was. No one gave me the award. I could have done anything. It was the craziest thing. I just didn't think that happens. But who? How many people knew he was going to show up? But well, there was for an hour before we kind of we knew. Yeah. So the chances right. so, are, yeah, some some psychopath wouldn't have shown up, right? But who? Who's, you were already a psychopath, and you were already there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like what an opportunity. Yeah. But you, you know, just. You watch other. You watch. Well, maybe it's Canada. Maybe it's a good thing that this is how we are in this country. You know, it's just other countries. There's no way you'd get even within 20 feet of him without you know being strip searched. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a Canadian thing. It is. It is. And you know, it's a good thing. Can you imagine him showing up with a bloody military like support system? Like when I was in high school, the deputy prime minister, so the the vice president for those of you that aren't Canadian, came to my high school with two bodyguards, one of which could have been our gym teacher, and was probably my dad's age. The deputy prime minister was an older man at the time, too. I forget his name. And I, we all thought the same thing. And, of course, living in the shadow of Detroit, and this was you know, just a couple of years after 9-11 and enhanced security presence in everything you do in life, it was wild to see this is the number two politician in the country here, and he's just walking about freely in my high school hallways like we do. Who was that? So I'm trying to think what year that would be. That would be 2002? Just after 9-11? It was just after 9-11. 2001? 2002, 2002, 2003. They're fine. They don't even, nobody even knows who they are. <laughs> no, it's true, isn't it? Here's a Google list. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember who it was. So, list of deputy prime ministers. Well, you guys can talk about something more entertaining while I quietly type. <laughs> deputy managers. Hey, let's talk about Lass and Villa. Wait, wait. Actually, before we get to that, because you mentioned COVID, just let me send you on, on this goal. Uh, obviously, I'm delaying the Aston Villa conversation. This is what I do when things don't go well. Mm-hmm. But West Ham, Lanzini's goal. I tweeted out from the Ooh. Footy Prime account when he scored. Man, that was – I had Decanio vibes watching that. Didn't that feel like a Decanio-style goal? But we, we have two goals we're talking about. We're close to Decanio's goal this weekend. That's amazing. He should be trending instead of prime ministers and deputy prime ministers. Yeah. You know, the, the, the great thing about that goal was that if you it, you had to slow it down to see a replay to see how good it was because it happened so quickly. There was four touches – Right? The Decanio. Lanzini. No, Lanzini. Oh, the Lanzini. Lanzini. Because you, you were there on the field for the Decanio. That's why I thought maybe you'd take it there. I w- if I was you, I would have done that because I want to brag about myself. <laughs> well, everybody you knows didn't. the Decanio so, goal and how brilliant that was. And me just being on the field was a big part of it. I, th- <laughs> I, I think I rolled it out about five minutes before. <laughs> you started it. But no, Lanzini touched. It was four touches in about less than a second. And it was just bump, 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 like, and so quick. The keeper didn't even react. It was amazing. He's a player, isn't he? He reminds me of uh, Dimitri Payet. Remember him, Payet? Yeah. He scored those wonder goals for West Ham, and he went away and never to be seen again. Of course, he played pretty well in Marseille, wasn't he, I think? No, he's, he's still at Marseille, and he's, he's, he's seen every time that there's some fan violence that interrupts a game. Yeah, he's involved, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. He's the one getting pelted. That's right. But Lanzini, like, he kind of he was great for a while. Then he just disappeared, it seemed. He disappeared. Then he's sort of re-emerged this season, and man, he's a great player. It's just fun to watch. He was linked with Liverpool for a, for a time there a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's hard to be consistent on a team that's, you know, always fighting to be better. You look at how many players, you know, at, at West Ham um, have been able to to be pretty consistent their their whole career. You know, Declan Rice doesn't ha- seem to have too many off days, but he has an off half every now and then, depending depending on the opposition. I feel like that that's a place where, you know, there are players who can re- take over games. We've seen it, obviously, with Mikel Antonio. But there aren't too many, you know, players beyond uh, the Mark Noble or uh, a Declan Rice that have held the consistency in that in that spot. I mean, you could look at a lot of other teams and say the same thing, but particularly with West Ham, Craig, those those are the names that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And Moyes has got them playing and competition for spots, and they seem to be all wanting to be a part of it. And when they get on, they're doing well. Although they were fortunate. You know, they, they were fortunate. In the end? Well, even 3-0 up at half, it was like, ew, like they could have scored several themselves, Palace. I thought they played quite well, and other than a couple of mis- defensive mistakes and silly stuff that they did. But second half, 
And even at halftime, I wasn't convinced it was over. Everybody was like, oh, it's going to be tough. And I was really, I wasn't convinced. Not by Palace's first half. And they played, they've played very well, Palace, too. I, they've really grown into themselves, you know, and, and entered the Christmas break on a, on a really good run of form. They've looked very, very good. So I think mm-hmm. the scoreline, everyone was surprised. And yeah, maybe you're right. The scoreline really did flatter West Ham a little bit. So a fair scoreline in the end, though, I think West Ham winning three to two. Yeah, just about. Just about. Troubles of Palace. Eight, eight draws, right? Eight draws of Palace this year. Eight. Eight. You know, I mean, you get a couple of those into wins and suddenly you're, uh, you're fine for European football, right? Mm-hmm. I think, they're, they're, for me, they've been the surprise story of the season, Palace. I mean, I, who didn't have them yeah. going down this year? No, you, you were the only one of us that had them going down. We all had them, you know, potentially in that conversation, but you were the only one of them. Was I the only one? Oh, that picked us, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. These are the things that I remember. <laughs> But I can't remember Deputy Prime Ministers of Canada, and I, I can't quickly remember <laughs> Bundesliga stars that were sold in their early 20s to Real Madrid and Liverpool. Um, Herb Gray, by the way, was the Deputy Prime Minister at the time. Uh, may he rest in peace. He's no longer with us. Herb Gray. Herb Gray, okay. Wow. Oh, Herb. Oh, good old Herb. Big H. He's gone. There, are, we, are we still making Herbs, by the way? That's not a name that we're still – we're not still pumping out Herbs, are we? No. Herbert? I, I, yeah, I doubt it. I can't imagine there's been a Herbert. Oh, it's Herbert. I would think it's Herb, Herb's short for Herbert. And I can't imagine there's been one born since 1933. Can you? Herb Gray was born in 1931. And there's definitely very, there's no famous Herberts who played football. There might be some baseball players called Herb. But all playing in the 30s and before. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Herb, who's the old um, the old coach play uh, coached the Islanders? I think didn't he? A U.S. guy coached the Miracle on Ice. Miracle on Ice. Yes. Oh man, why do we always do this to ourselves? <laughs> I know like, we just quiz ourselves all the time. <laughs> like we're, we're such idiots. We're almost smart because we know there's someone that fits into a certain. We're almost there. Like a lot of shots on goal, and only a couple of them going. Uh, Herb Brooks. Was it Herb Brooks? Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks. Yes, yes that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even yeah. remember the name of the actor that's married to Goldie Hawn that played Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Kurt Russell played him in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I tell We're you. the Chad Barrett's of, uh, of in, in sports <laughs> information. And- good speech. Did a good speech before the game. <laughs> Hold on. Quick Chad Barrett story. Uh, Craig, you were there for this, I think. Charms, uh, maybe you were hosting that day. There was a wrestler, and uh, you guys were doing the Sportsnet show. And WWE is the biggest, the biggest thing. kept kept the lights on, right? And there was a wrestler who w- was from Preston and loved Deech, loved Deech, yeah, and was in town and wa- wanted to be on the show. And they said, "Well, you know, bring a suit in and you can do the two hours." Gregor, were you there that day, or were you away? And that's why he was in the seat. Wade Barrett. Yeah, I was there. You were there that day, and I had said to Deech before, uh, I don't know why I was uh, around in this meeting or when it was brought up that like oh he's he's a really big fan of you this weight and i said hey don't call him chad and sure enough first chance he calls him chad barrett <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and as soon as it came out he turns to me and goes yeah yeah well chad uh wait and you knew he was like damn it he was so upset at himself i think i was doing tfc that day and that's i was away for that weekend i think doing tfc and that's why i missed it Oh, you you weren't there, right? No, he was a really nice guy, and he was really uh, knowledgeable about the game. Like he definitely followed. Yeah, big it. fan. Yeah, I didn't know who he was, so I looked him up, and I, I saw this little video of him at a hospital, a children's hospital. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good, I think. And then I hear him go into the children's room, and he goes, "I got bad news." <laughs> oh no! Oh. Fucking kids started crying. <laughs> That was his thing in WWE, though. For context, he was Bad News Barrett. That was his thing, and I think you guys even did a bit where he like (laughs) cut a promo, and he was he was uh, saying all the bad news in the Premier League for whatever team it was at the time. That's right. Yeah. Um, Let me pull a Craig here. Bad news. (laughs) Bad timing. Um, An address for the audience who's only listening to us and cannot see this, but. Are you on some fitness kick? Because you're you're drinking out of a weightlifter's water jug, there, Charmin. Oh me? No, you know what? I, it's part of my New Year's is to hydrate a lot better. So okay. my my daughter saw this and bought this for me. It's like massive. Yeah, and I get one of these in me a day. Is it more than a gallon, or is it is it a four liter jug? I don't know what it is. It's I, um, what is it? 
don't know what it is. It's just it's like one of those it's like one of those um office water things, but a mini version. It's massive. It's great. I call it the Culligan water, that jug that you have in the office. You're right, that water cooler. But I think Culligan might well, be a brand. I'm getting a jump on the, the big weigh-in show this Wednesday. Right, that's it. Okay, oh, so right. uh, is this all sorted now that we're supposed to be fit fam for January? I'm not doing this if there's not like money and free product involved. Only Wong and I have, have said that we're doing it just because we feel like shit. And you, you know, we're not that we're, any of us are in, in terrible condition, but uh, we can be in better condition. Certainly myself and Wonga can be anyway. So you don't really want to rope me in because you don't want the potential of feeling worse about yourselves, given the fact that I am 20 years younger. No matter how, how much I, what, how, whether I eat or I know I fluctuate within 10 pounds, I never go above a certain weight and never go under a certain weight. So I think the rest of you could actually definitely beat me on, on a weight challenge, but it shouldn't be about weight because that's only part of the, the ingredients to a healthy lifestyle. The only reason why you don't go above 10 pounds is because when you get to that level, you're just, holy shit. And then you stop, <laughs> yeah. you, you start drinking water and eating better. <laughs> <laughs> you're scared straight basically right like oh my god yeah and then it goes down and then yeah, the mirror the mirror is not my friend well no yeah <laughs> if you if you've not listened to our our christmas show we did talk about our new year's resolutions and i've i've clipped them and put them on twitter but uh, our new year's resolutions uh, made me laugh a little bit i didn't i didn't realize that being uh being fitter for yourself not just for the show was was your resolution but i'm happy to see you're drinking more water and taking better care of yourself buddy now you're getting up there. Because usually you're drinking pints. Yeah, exactly. Usually on this podcast, I am drinking pints. Yeah. yeah. I made the unwise decision, actually, guys, perhaps unwise decision, um, to uh, I'm not going to have beer for the month of January. That's part of my New Year's resolution. I'm still allowed alcohol. Smart. But just not beer. Yeah, you know, I might join you there. I might, I'm might. i trying to go without booze. I, I, see, when you set yourself goals like I won't drink for a month, I always fail those goals. Just say take a day at a time. <laughs> I'm not drinking today. And see what see what happens. Yeah, don't put yourself under too much pressure. <laughs> no, exactly. You know? Yeah. I know myself too well. Yeah, you might want to get wasted one night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you got like two weeks of that booze, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, right? You're feeling better. Yep. I, I deserve a reward. Yeah. Treat myself to a bottle of maybe, tequila tonight. Yeah, exactly. If you just if you just sort of maybe, you know had one pint a night or two or if you just balanced it instead of yeah. going two weeks without and then drinking yeah. a 26 or tequila probably not good either <laughs> or just have like okay i've got two 26s I, I will i won't drink them this month i know all of them you know so is that that kind of challenge or i will only drink two 26s this month well whether i choose to do it in two nights or a month same deal right yeah goals you know, wasn't it wasn't New Year's Eve odd in uh, in Toronto? Everything was shut at ten, so there's no. It's like I actually, well, I was at the basketball game, right? No fans. With how many people? I don't know if there was five hundred in there, but you you were in there, and amongst the other non-playing staff or working people that were in there, you were all family and friends. Family and friends, yeah. We were the only ones actually cheering. The rest of them were just sitting on their hands, like. But it's different when you're family and whatever. But, but so there, there were no concessions open, nothing at all, right? Just you had to show up. Nothing. Could you bring like a? Could you bring a cooler with a sandwich in it? <laughs> you know, good question. I I, I didn't try, but uh, I don't know. Maybe. How uh, how difficult was it for you to fake your your Eastern European Croatian accent there, pretending to be Goran Dragic's dad? <laughs> <laughs> People, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, it's Goran's exactly. dad. Leave him alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There's no tickets. You just showed up at a certain gate, and then uh, uh, some employees were there with names on a list. Oh. So Alex McCackney put put us on a list, and and they uh, it didn't surprise me that they sat us all on the camera side. They didn't want yeah to show people that there anybody to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it was public that there was people there, family and friends, but they certainly didn't want to see them. The way you describe that, though, that's basically as a as a professional footballer at the at the top of society and the top of your game. That's basically how you lived most of your professional life. Just on a list, you show up. It's just other VIPs, small group of private special people. It's Forest World, and we're just trying to get a piece of it. <laughs> well, 
Alex is a good friend. <laughs> By the way, keeping the whole attendance theme here, um, do you see in the in the Liverpool Chelsea game today, the first time in thirty years there was a standing section. Mm-hmm. They actually had, a, they had terraces. I don't know how many were in there, but I think it's it's great. I mean, listen, it's been pretty much incident free, give or take, for a long time now. It's time, I think. And uh, listen, it's always more fun watching a football match when you're standing up in the terraces than it is sitting down. It just is. Are they doing it like the old terraces, Charms, or was it like the German it's safe ones? standing zones? Yeah. yeah. So you got these yeah. kind of bars in front of you or whatever. Because mm-hmm. the, the yeah. only thing they're yeah. worried about is the crush, the rush, and the push, and the surge, mm-hmm. right? That we saw at uh, many football games. Yeah, some of them, some yeah. of them deadly. You know, of course, Hillsborough comes to mind. Yeah. But, but also at mm-hmm. a time when they had to have fencing to prevent any fans from, you know, getting onto the pitch, which you don't. You don't have that in a lot of places in major leagues. I'll, I'll do some more reading about it before Wednesday's pod because I, I don't ex- know exactly how it was set up. I mean, it's considered safe standing. So if it's like Germany, which I've seen, or whether it's a step beyond that even, it might be. Um, but apparently it was loud. It's very loud in those sections from what they're saying in the broadcast. Very loud. My understanding was that they looked at the U.S. model because there's several grounds that have done it in in uh, Major League Soccer that uh, are not all in soccer-specific stadiums, but uh, Orlando, which is an Exploria, um, it's very much the German style, but it, you can tell it's it's wider. So it allows for a bit more of a gathering, but again, you'd avoid any type of crush or serious surge. And for the most part, in Minnesota and Orlando, those, those ends seem to be hugely, hugely popular. So look at all these Premier League grounds. that They've been standing for 90 minutes in most of the sections yeah, anyway in Anfield. It's not... Yeah. Like it's been any different. So to to bring that return, that's something you called for when we wanted to make soccer great again on one of our mm-hmm. earlier podcasts in 2021, Charms. So look, you got your wish, buddy. People are listening. Yep. All I need now is, uh, I've got a new one, by the way. I've got a new one to re- reinvent football much better. So no more points. No more points. No more points for wins. And no, no, you just <laughs> purely, it's, it's, it's cumulative goal differential. Oh, wow. Okay. So in that think case, think about it. Then you then you're, you're rewarded for the way you play, for the style you play, right? Now, generally speaking, the best team has the best goal differential anyway, right? But lower down, that'll make it really interesting. So you'd be really happy now because Man City, I think, are plus eleven anyway on Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. See, at the top, I'm not sure it make much of a difference. But <laughs> as you, the further you go down, though, imagine those games into the season when teams are trying to just get, score some points, get some goals. You know, improve their differential. Be great. Points ruin everything. Maybe get both. So Manchester City, after 21 matches, they have scored the most goals in the Premier League, 53. Can you guess who second is in goals scored? Um, I would guess it's it's um, Liverpool. You would be correct. 52 goals. Um, you know what? Surprise. Yeah, Chelsea's got to be up there about 45-ish around there somewhere. Give over. You're looking at the list now. Really? Yeah, I am, yeah. You're dead on with 45. But great sell. Yeah, yeah. That was a good attempt there. It was a good attempt. But look at goal differential, though. So right now, goal differential, yeah, I mean, it's uh, 40 points. to 20. Oh my God, it is 11 points, isn't it? But the further down you go, relegation battle right now, Norwich, they're done. They're going down. They're minus 34. Huh. So is Newcastle. And they deserve to be going down at this point, both those teams. To hell with them. But Burnley, minus 11. Watford, minus 14. Leeds, minus... This is pretty tight could be interesting. You know, it's funny. One of the geeky things I always look at with a table, usually towards the end of the season, is where the where the cutoff line is, where where zero is, where the me- the medium is. And it's at the moment, it's Brighton, who are uh, have a level zero goal differential, and they're eighth. Mm-hmm. Wolves are, are ninth, minus one, and, and Leicester are, are tenth, minus two. And then it only gets predominantly worse from there. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, yeah. That's Nor- interesting. Nor it's a Newcastle. But to go to your earlier point about being rewarded for how you play as opposed to just nicking points. Um, Tottenham have only bagged 23 goals. Um, that That's the lowest in the uh, – oh, back, wow, Wolves have done 13. But so second lowest and in the top 10. Wow, 13 goals for Wolves and their top half. That's incredible, isn't it? They've only conceded 14. That's an outlier. That is an outlier. Great defense. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to be like, top half halfway through the season and, and to have only scored 13 goals – Jesus, they're doing something right. And we know what it is, don't we? That's got to be a first. Has to be. Yeah. My co-ed league teams, we've got to finals with scoring less goals in the season than games played, (laughs) but that's because I'm playing up front. (laughs) That's the reason they rely on the back because, oh, Christ. 
Because up front, goalkeepers scoring hat tricks. Well, Charms, <laughs> you remember the the North American Soccer League had a point system at one time where you got six points for the win and up to three points extra to nine points if you scored that many goals. Yeah, the bonus points, right? You get that in rugby as well. If you score a certain number of tries. So it would be a nine points would be the max. Yeah. And then eight, seven, and then you had the shootout. And I think the winner of the shootout got maybe five points, and then the other team got none or maybe three because they tied. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It was 200-something points after the season. <laughs> And I mean, it just encourages obviously attacking football, right? And that's a point in rugby as well. They want more points and that's what people want to see. But at the same time, the purists will tell you, no, but you know, a good defensive team should be rewarded as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but come, let's be honest. I mean, would you rather see a great nil-nil or a great 3-3? Yeah, give me a 3-3 all day. I know I want to see. I, well, Craig, Craig was right now on the goalkeeper, but... <laughs> that's because he, they were so few and far between for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nil-nil. Dream scenario to be involved in a match like that. Yeah. Oh, Old Trafford had a nil-nil and uh, Stamper Bridge as well. It's funny how the teams that come up, eh? Whenever Craig's trying to talk about how, how good his career was, there's always some nugget about Manchester United involved. Like, hey, well, there was this. and Hey, Sh- I've stopped more penalties at Old Trafford than Peter Schmeichel. How many times he told us that one? That's right. That's still the best stat in sports. Yeah. Really? There's no Wayne Gretzky stat? I think it is. That's a, it's a great sport. No, it's better than any Gretzky stats. It is like this is the, the, the great Peter Schmeichel who's been celebrated around all oh, the greatest ever, blah, 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 blah. Craig Forrest has more shutouts, clean sheets at Schmeichel Stadium than he had. No, no penalties, not clean sheets. I mean, OK, sorry. Well, same thing. I, I, I think he's probably got about 200 more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Craig Forrest has scored more, more goals than Ruben Isselroy. Yeah, I've heard that in training. Right? <laughs> at the deal. Roy Keane admitted that Peter Schmeichel was a bit overrated in that dog walk with Gary Neville on the overlap. Mm-hmm. What a prick. So it's not just you being salty, I guess. There you are. Um, we talked about the point differential. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, goal, goal differential. Um, Watford are in a, a bit of trouble. You talk about teams getting sucked into that relegation battle. Uh, I worry for them because I did think that they played well enough to take a point off of Spurs. But Davidson Sanchez uh, scored in the six minutes of stoppage time. Sixth minute and uh, suck. Quite a few, uh, a couple of stoppage time winners, which made for an exciting Saturday. I think Renier is going to be fired soon again, and it's again. To, uh, it's what Watford do, right? And at what point? At what point? Uh, how many firings post Leicester does Ranieri lose a little bit of that? That you know, push. I think he's lost it. Don't you think? Come on, who cares about all the rest of it? Does it make it better though? Like the more. Ineptitude he's shown since that job makes that even more <laughs> incredible. Yes, I right. guess it does it. because it was it, it was literally a five thousand and one shot, and it was. Yeah, yeah, because he's not that great a coach. I mean, with respect to him, he's a travel coach. He's yeah. not that great a manager. Yet he's won a championship in England. Not many guys can say that. Ineptitude, though, is a word that I would not have used to describe him. Someone with a resume like him. Yes, mm-hmm. having moved around as much and as often as him. But ineptitude is not a word I would have used to describe him. And I wonder if that's just because, yeah, regard him and I hold him in such high regard because of what he was able to accomplish with Lester and how unthinkable it was that he'd even gotten the job and was appointed there in the first place, let alone doing what he did. I just think that maybe he's such a lovely guy that people like him. That's why they keep hiring him. Yeah. Right? Because. I mean, he's had some success, right? But not a hell of a lot. And but when I'm looking at his clubs now, how many he's managed? How many clubs now? Holy if only crap. it worked that way in media. He's such a likable guy; they just keep hiring him. <laughs> well, you'd never get a job. Um, so one, two, three, four, five, six, I was talking seven, about Craig. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty, twenty-two clubs he's managed. Wow. And big ones, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, you know, Valencia, Juve, Roma, Inter Milan, Monaco, you know, Roma again, like big clubs. Napoli. He started managing in 1968. What are his honors? (laughs) It won't be as long a list as his his clubs uh, were honors. Here we go. Uh, As a manager, so he won the Serie C1 with Cagliari. (laughs) Um, Coppa Italia, he won with Fiorentina. In 95, 96, he won the Coppa Italia. Um, he won Craig. He won 
won the Etoto Cup in oh. 1998. Was that, the 20, was that the year you were there? At Valencia, he won it. Hmm. He won the UEFA Super Cup in 2004. Wanger's favorite tournament. So he has not won much, though. In the 20, I mean, 22 teams over how many years? Let's see here. He's been a coach for a very long time. Uh, to do that from 86 to, to present, right? So 35 odd years, 36 years, he's been coaching. 22 teams in 36 years. That there says it all. But what's key is that if, while he's coached for, managed many of these big clubs, he's come in at times in which they are on the cusp of getting towards the top. So at Chelsea, he was kind of the first money manager, right? Before Mourinho, they were building towards being at the top. He didn't get them there in a very short period. They moved on and they won without him. At Roma, he was there to bring them back towards the top, but they were never going to win with him there. So I feel like at the time, Leicester was the outlier, right? Like Leicester, how did they go and get Claudio Ranieri at Leicester? And now everything's gravy. Well, because he'd been coaching Greece before Leicester. <laughs> That's why probably he was gagging to get out of that situation. Maybe that's why. But I mean, he's 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 only been at teams for like two, three years. He's at Fiorentina for four years, three or four years, the most, by some stretch. I just, you know, again, I'm he's he's a good football man, obviously, right? He has that great great season. But I just look at his, his career and like he hasn't had great success anywhere yet. He keeps getting hired, and he's not the only guy that this happens to. So many men in football keep getting hired, right? Is it are there not that many, you know, even average football coaches out there? Steve Bruce keeps getting hired, you know? Steve McLaren kept getting hired for a while there. Once you get that experience and you get a bunch of teams under your belt, it becomes, you know, if you do a good interview and you do a good, you know, PowerPoint presentation for the owners with your team. Schmooze with the owners. Yeah, it's hard to get your first opportunity. And then that's the thing with that is that most of those guys last less than two years um on average and then 50 percent of those guys never get another chance so it's a tough tough business you know who i thought was good enough for a job but didn't i didn't see foresee a situation in which he could walk in in a rather quick turnaround um certainly not as quick as it was but dean smith i thought dean smith would be interviewing for quite a while knocking on a, a few doors and i didn't see a situation in which he'd he'd be the right fit for or be considered and Norwich took him within a week over Frank Lampard, who I think a lot of people thought would have taken the job. But don't you think he, he jumped too quickly to Norwich? To Norwich? No. Great situation for him to be in. Why? What, where's the talent there? Where's the, where's, the, where's the upside? I don't see young kids coming through with, with quality there. They're just not a very good side right now. And they're going to be going down. We can admit that, right? I think it's fair to say. But I think he, I think he looked at the the structure. Like th- this is a team right now. If you put them in the championship, they'd be contending to come up with the mm-hmm. side they have right now. And for the most part, they will they will keep the majority of those players to do that again next season. I forget who it was. Someone said years ago. I heard this quote: "Is a manager or a successful manager saying you never you never say no to the Premier League? Yeah. If you get an opportunity to get another job in the Premier League, you don't say no to it. So that could have been what it was." But I think Frank Lampard really dodged a bullet there because they are a yo-yo club. I th- yeah, but I also think that people are understanding now at Norwich as well that you know that they're not going to probably stay up, and they're looking for somebody that is going to you know take them next year, willing to stay at the club if they go down, uh, be supported. That's true, and, and have a very good chance of coming up again. So not bad. It's not bad. You, you get a guy that has success playing, uh, coaching in that championship and winning promotion. So more of a long-term fix for sure. Yeah. Have we wrapped our head around the possibility, the very dire possibility that we will lose Sean Deitch this year? Because Burnley mm-hmm. are 18th, 11 points from 17 matches. One win. One win. Yeah. The same amount of wins as Newcastle. Mm-hmm. There's something about yeah. Burnley this year and Deep Deitch. That it, he has a look on his face as though, we, you know, it's different. Like we got no chance here. Like we're there's something different about him and that team. They've done so well, done so well. Stay there. Oh, look at this. I saw, I saw a piece today about Burnley looking at their their transfers um, the last number of years, 
And I mean, they've spent nothing. So many yeah. of those have been loan deals or signings from the, the lower leagues. What he's done there has been miraculous. Um, I still don't think he gets the respect he deserves. But if you're a, if you're a small yet ambitious club with a bit of money behind you, you got to look at Sean Dyche as a as a manager. I would think. You know, I don't, um, I'd love to see a big club take a chance on him. I don't think they will. No. But uh, if you're a team like with great ambition, who's coming through the ranks, the lower leagues, and you've got a you got a bit of money to spend at some point, he might be a great choice. Or if Burnley are the ones going down and Watford have stayed up by the skin of their teeth, is that a job? I, I, the opposite to Burnley, right? Watford are the opposite to Burnley as far as Burnley are so loyal to their coaches, mm-hmm. whereas Watford ain't. <laughs> but to go back to your point about if you get offered a Premier League job, I mean, I don't think that Sean Dyche would... If they get relegated, fair play to him. He, he can leave. I think he's he's earned the, the right to to take a, a, a better job if he sees one in front of him. And I think Watford, as risky as it would be, Watford would be a better job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. A better job, there's more money there for sure if it's done right. But so far, it hasn't really been done right there. You're not staying there for more than two years. I mean, yeah. what you lose? I mean, five games max, is it? Has anybody lasted five losses in a row at Watford and not got sacked? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. They've, they've done two managers in one year before, right? Like they fired two managers. I think last year they did, didn't they? They did three. Three, uh, one was it year. three? I think mm-hmm. it, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I mentioned uh, Chris Wilder there, um, who did such great work with, with United. He's doing great work now with Middlesbrough in the league championship. You know, a team that's very much in the conversation for a playoff spot, the way they're playing right now. Some of these names who came to the Prem, made a bit of a name for himself, right? But then went down to a low division to rebuild his reputation. That's a guy, right? So look at him. Maybe is that a better choice? To do to go that way than to go to a team that's likely going to be relegated this year in the Premier League. Well, but that's what I mean about Dean Smith when I said I didn't see another situation in the Premier League specifically that he would be a good fit to walk into. You say, well, maybe he jumped too soon, but what other job was there going to be? It wasn't going to be Everton. It wasn't going to be you know somewhere in the near future. I thought that Dean Smith would be would be sitting for a while. And here's a guy that, that when he took the job, I think he said he'd only ever been out of work for four weeks between the age of 16 and now been in football the entire time All, always employed always had a job that's crazy yeah, yeah. wild they've had eight, they've had they've had 18 managers in the last 10 years wow is that what it is <laughs> well they're, they're they're run by Serie A owners they're run like a Serie A club in that department management mm-hmm. yep so yeah i'd love to hear Sean Deitch have that conversation just cuz we love to hear him have conversations but if he's that opportunity came about. He's chatting with his missus. Should I go to Watford? What do you think? I'd love to hear it. You might go, it might be great because you're going to get sacked. You're going to get paid up. Yep. That's- I mean, I can't see Burnley paying, paying him very much. Everybody knows the deal. It's not like they're a loyal club. You're, you're, you're going to go there to fail. Yeah. Because you will fail. Although that's really like any football job, isn't it, really? I guess you're, you're only being hired to be fired. Look at these guys they've had. Listen to it. They've had, uh, I mean, going back, they had Viali there, Lewington. Viali, what year is that? 2001. Uh, this is going back. Yeah, McKay. Let's, let's keep it modern here, okay? After you were on television. Okay, 2009. Okay. Brendan Rogers. Yeah, wow. Melky Mackay. Sean Dyche. <laughs> he's been there he's been there already maybe that's maybe that's why that i it sounds so familiar because yeah you're now that you've said it i can see him there on that touchline wow yeah he did 49 games 17 wins 17 losses 15 draws fired <laughs> yeah and then zola came in and he lasted uh he actually actually lasted he got a run he got a stretch zola yeah, right. you, you, was it a season and a half? Season and a half, seventy-five games, thirty-three wins, fifteen losses, twenty or twenty-seven losses, fifteen draws. Man, that's a decent record. Fired. See, the trouble is, it's just that one streak of games. You get four or five losses, and you're toast. Sanino, then Garcia, then Billy McKay again. He let well, he just stands in. Chukanovic. Uh, Flores. He was there twice. Kiki Sanchez. Mazzari. 
Marco Silva. Mm-hmm. Remember him? That seems years ago. It's only 2018. He's at Fulham. The new no. Via Bush. Then they had Gracia. Then they brought uh, Flores back. Then they had Nigel Pearson. Then the Mullins caretaker again. And then Ivic, Munoz. Yeah, Munoz wasn't there long. 21 games. Wild. Well, look at the games these guys last. 12, 12 2. Who the hell? Oh, that was just the caretaker. But actually, higher guys. 12, 22, 36. Holy crikey. Rainier, he's only had five games. He's, he's a couple away from being done. I can't be the only one watching Everton lose to Brighton that thought Rafa might not make it out of that game. The Toffees battled back to make it 3-2 and perhaps look a bit respectable, but in the first half, Brighton were all over them, and and Everton just are an embarrassment. Like, if if they stay up... Oh, they'll stay up, I think. I mean, they're getting healthier now, which is makes which, which makes this loss, I think, even more painful because they are... I think the injuries have been a good excuse. What's going on, though? They got no... They're not spending any money, like... Well, they've spent a fortune. They 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 have. You gotta think that they're they're gonna try to do something in January, but might they move out? You know, more money than they than they spend. They've spent so much, right? And it just, it hasn't worked. They've been linked with some Scottish guy today. I forget his name for a record fee for for I forget where. He, I should get more information than that. Some Scottish guy. Right? <laughs> There's more information. Cameron Willis. Yeah, is that who it is? Look at Opta okay. stacks over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see Rafa lasting much longer, though. I mean, the fans never warmed to him, and uh, he's had a tough go over, hasn't he? I mean, that, that goal they conceded, um, oh, which goal was it? It's at the back <laughs> post. There were, there were two centre-backs just wide open, just nodding at the back post. I mean, I, I feel bad. That's not Rafa's fault. Sorry, Nathan Patterson. Is that the guy? Yeah. The guy who wrote it was okay. the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the you journalist. gave the writer's name. Yeah, the journalist's name. There we go. Do you guys think Jonathan Davis is going to get a move uh, in January? I mean, Lil, Lil could use the money from the sounds of it. There'll be people throwing some money around, but will it be the best deal for player and for team? I don't know. So I would say usually these marquee moves don't happen in January, right? So I do not think he will move this January. And it might be better for him to stay the way he's playing there, Champions League. Up his price. Right. Yep. Yep. Because, I mean, he's now he's now a Champions League player. We talk about where he should go. Well, he's he's proven he can score at that level. So he needs to go to a Champions League team somewhere. And obviously that that kind of limits your options, right? Say Newcastle, I'm sure would love to have him, but not going to be for a while. So. I'm glad you mentioned Jonathan David, though, and where he would go, because we talk about him as the example of you know choosing wisely. And Tejan Buchanan, another example, MLS example, that had quite a few options and chose Club Bruges. Ricardo Pepe chose FC Augsburg in the MLS record deal, $20 million, the most expensive. There's a bunch of add-ons involved with that as well. Wolfsburg looked like they were going to seal Pepe, and uh, Augsburg hijacked it. But MLS has made some good deals this winter. Daryl DK went from Orlando City to West Brom also in the last couple of days. That's mm-hmm. uh, $9.5 uh, with a 20% sell-on as well. Tejan, as I mentioned, and Tati Castellanos, the uh, golden boot winner in NYCFC MLS Cup winner. NYFC want um, $15 million for him. He's probably going to move as well. It's been a good selling season for Major League Soccer. But those aren't expensive prices compared to Europe. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. That's true, right? If you make, if you compare them to like when you know certain players went for a certain amount of money and when thirty million was a lot of money, if you, it's all kind of relative now, right? So ten million now isn't what it used to be. I guess it's the league; it's a standard level of the league. Um, because obviously, if it was a top seven, eight league in the world, and they were performing at that level, they'd be going for fifty, sixty million. When you think. Yeah, Toronto FC aren't spending a fortune on Lorenzo Insigne hoping to make any money back when they sell him in Newcastle <laughs> in 18 months, right? Hey, it's obvious what they're doing. MLSE aren't stupid. They've had the team's basically been a year away for two years. They they've been terrible. They need to spark an interest. Their business model is box office, getting people to come to the games. So they needed to spark an interest, and it'll work. They and they hope that lightning will strike twice, like it did with Giovinco, but I don't, I'm not sure it will. That's a tough, tough ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Right. Well, it's the the Italian um, interest that surprises me, right? Because it's uh, Crescito, who they think is probably more likely and certainly wouldn't cost what Bellotti would, but um, the rumor with Bellotti. And there's another Italian name I saw linked as well that surprised. Oh, Mattia Destro. So, well, well, the Italian league isn't the most you know uh, highest spending league in the world, and they're in financial turmoil. So you're, you're looking at going in and nicking a yard player and are they willing to give them up? Yeah. Remember Deed saying some of the players at Juve, he goes, other guys aren't Juve players. Right. They're financially in, in a position where they're taking, you know, players that they could fit and that are financially viable to, to get, you know? Yeah. He was like you picking on Americans. He was talking about McKinney. That's right. He was, he better be careful. He's, he might be uh, moving there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun January. But I say we put the uh, a wrap on this show, just like um, PSG have had to put a wrap on, on Messi, hey? He's got COVID, along with three other players, Juan Bernat and two guys whose names I can't pronounce. If it gets messy, we're all done. <laughs> That's when you knew it was real, when it got messy. <laughs> yep. Imagine Ronaldo getting it next. Watch out. Again, you mean. Remember he had it, he had and, he, and he just did he have it? Did he? Yeah, he had it, and he spent the whole day. He spent uh, his entire quarantine showing off his workout routine. Oh, you should mention that. Did he, t- did he post the uh, the New Year's post he put on Instagram? That he put. Uh, I will post that on on. Oh Twitter. my god, the guy is just shameless, isn't he? Like, isn't that? Isn't it? He's awful. such a goddamn egomaniac. <laughs> yeah. That Not- picture was so cheesy. He probably as soon as that picture was taken, he 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 left his whole family. Probably went out. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's been a tough year, even for me. Even though I did this, 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 this. Oh this, yeah, this. he's got little champagne glasses. Little champagne glasses. Yeah. It was much more humble than that, guys. I'm I'm reading the quote here. 2021 okay. is coming to an end, and it was far from being an easy year, despite my 47 goals scored across all competitions. <laughs> he didn't say that. I swear to God, he said that. Keep, keep oh, going, my. keep going, B. Listen, listen to this. I just saw the picture. Listen to this. Two different clubs and five different coaches. One Euro final stage played with my national team and one World Cup qualification left pending for 2022. At Juventus, I was proud to win the Italian Cup and the Italian Super Cup and become the Serie A top scorer. For Portugal, becoming the Euro top scorer was also a high point this year. And of course, my return to Old Trafford will always be one of the most iconic moments in my career. Yeah, tough oh, year. You're right. It was a hard God. year. <laughs> you know what? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, really, there's a great opportunity for a guy to say, you know, with everything that's happened in the world today and blah, blah, blah. And, the, you know, I want to wish everybody, a, you know, a happy new year and it's going to get better. And I, you know, feel bad for everybody that's lost loved loved ones and put the game in perspective. It was all about him. It's all about him. Oh, like all of it. Dripping, dripping with self-adulation. Oh. <laughs> Craig, the world can't turn to celebrities to be their role models. If they want things put in perspective, just listen to Footy Prime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We hey. tell it like it is. Yeah. He's yeah. so gifted too. He's, you know, but I, you know what? Maybe if I was that good, that good looking, and I'd done it for like the last 30 years, maybe I'd be a dickhead too. <laughs> or at least have an excuse to be a dickhead yeah in England I, I mean, we were talking about this with uh, actually McKechnie and the difference you know in the basketball world the NBA and everything and the fans I mean you can't say anything if you got up even when there's fans there you got and uh, criticized or you got one warning and you're gone there's a code of conduct the NBA is like you just basically you can cheer you can get up and clap but you start slaughtering players and things like that, you're done. Over there, they keep you they keep you humble. You get called a twat law enough, you, you kind of, man. <laughs> no, I'm not that big yeah. a deal, really. <laughs> but then you turn around and you see who's calling you a twat, you know, and it's some disgusting creature with no life. And then you think, you know what? You, you can call me a twat. I'm doing a lot better than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw I saw Gerard when he went he went to get the ball. I think beside uh, the dugout, and this uh, woman 
from uh, a Bromi woman, obviously, uh, I would think. And she got up and she could, you could see her just like froth coming out of her mouth, maybe a couple teeth and just, <laughs> and just laying into Gerard. You're fucking useless. You, you know, they were at Brentford today. Oh, it was Brentford then. So yeah. it was a, it was a, a London, West London woman, you know, big, beautiful West London that each always describes. Did you see her? I didn't see the one you're talking about, but I can see her in my mind. And yeah. It is well, you know what you're, well, that, <laughs> Well, that's a very good description. Keep going on because you're bang on. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, boys, let's put a bow on this. Are we going to get back in the tent on Wednesday? Are we going to do this this fitness routine? I, I don't think I'm ready for fitness, boys. Are you not? No. Well, we're talking Wednesday. Well, all right. fitness is all. It's all. It's, it's you know. It's a lifestyle, Craig. Is that you're going to give me that? No. What are we talking about here? It's a, it go, walking a couple blocks, like you know. <laughs> no, it's not get a dog and walk a couple blocks. Hey, it's, if you have a salad, you don't have to go for a run. How about no. that? If you have a steak, you go for a run. <laughs> there you I go. believe this all started because Wonger just wants to see us with our shirts off, and this is the only fair way for him to I'm do I'm not doing it. Yeah. He, he mentioned pictures. There's no pictures. That is for sure. <laughs> okay. We'll see you Wednesday then. All right. Cheers for listening. I can't wait. 